<laughs> Hi, and welcome to the Birds and Bees podcast. I am your host, Sue Johnson, a white, cisgendered, able-bodied um, a person. And I, this podcast is all about the people that are part of the non-heteronormative bullshit binary. <laughs> and my special guest today is Ms. Jessica Bloom. Hello. Hi, I'm so glad to be here. I am also a white cisgendered queer woman of size, um, possibly able-bodied. Um, it's kind of hard to tell. My disability is invisible. I, we, it's their invisible illnesses. So, yeah. <laughs> and I love that when I ask you to describe yourself, you're just like, fat, I'm feminist, and I'm queer. <laughs> Hell yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> Those are like absolutely some of my most primary identities and the ones that I think the most shape how the world views me and therefore how I view the world. Yeah. Yeah. And then they're ever, I mean, I feel like they change a little bit, but you're always like at your core. I feel like, cause that, I mean, I ask people that, you know, and whatever they first say, I was like, that that's coming from your gut. So you know who you are. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I first started to say fat, feminist and queer and then like paused. And I was like, am I giving the most weight to the most appropriate things? And then I was like, put that editor aside and like say the thing from my heart. Yeah. Oh my God. I love your glasses. They're rainbows. Thank you. They do have rainbow on them. And when it's um, sunny out, it's like a prism, a rainbow That's prism so cute. on my face. It's cute and gay. <laughs> and, but, and they, I have rainbows too. They go with everything. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> so um, I did want to talk about, so I don't usually get into coming out stories just because I feel like the media, when you have a queer character or someone who's not part of the binary, it's like, it's all this buildup about telling the world, your family, your friends, but that's just the beginning. So I don't, I don't feel like that applies to everybody because you have to live your life in your body mm -hmm. and be joyous and and deal with the world. And yeah. So I'm, um, blah, blah, blah. sorry, having trouble talking today. <laughs> now we were joking before, uh, during the pre-interview about all of your exes are, are now trans. Yes, so all of my exes, um, <laughs> except one are now men. Um, 90% of them were women at the time or were still female identified, assigned mm. female at birth. Um, and then sort of one by one, either while we were together or afterwards, they started coming out as men. And so even though when I was 15 and like first dealing with being a sexual human, mm. I identified myself as a lesbian and I came out as a lesbian. Um, over time, that sort of started to shift um, be partially because my own desires were shifting. I was also mm -hmm. getting more interested in um, people who were assigned male at birth. Um, and that was one way it was shifting, but it was also that I noticed so many of my exes were now men. And I had this like jokey kind of thing in my head, like, oh my gosh, have I been straight all along? <laughs> and I know for a lot of people like that doesn't feel resonant, but, um, but it somehow it really did for me. Yeah, I um, I feel like women get judged just a whole lot more um, by society. Like, well, you identified this way, and now you're with somebody of this who identifies as trans, or and um, yep. and, and I've some people even reject the label. Um, they don't like the way poly sounds or pan, or it's like oh, it just doesn't feel right to me. Um, and I have a friend who has always identified as queer. She married a cisgendered guy and I'm like, yeah. you still consider yourself queer, right? She's like, no, I'm super gay. Shit rainbows. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Well, that's exactly it. Like I'm, I'm always going to be queer, like, especially coming of age as like a baby queer in the nineties. 
Uh. <laughs> um, I'm 40. You don't have to do the math. Uh, <laughs> um, you know, it it is such a like inherent part of who I am and how I developed in the world and how I developed identity and community that that's a part of me forever. You yeah. know, whether whether I ever sleep with a woman again or not. Right. Yeah, I, I grew up in the 90s too. And it's that coffee house, smoking weed, hanging out in parking lots. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Ani DeFranco listening was my like thing that used to be like code for are you a lesbian? Yeah. I'd be like dancing with someone up at the club or whatever. And I'd be like, so what kind of music do you listen to? And she'd be like, Ani DeFranco. And I'd be like, oh, baby. <laughs> that was like the code word, you know? Totally. And, and she opened up an entire world of, well, not only people who founded their own music labels, wrote their own songs, produced their own records, but she was just like, hey, I have a voice and nobody else is talking about this shit because mainstream media doesn't want this. Right. If you're a lesbian on TV, I, w- I would say like in the 80s and 90s, you were a lipstick, a lesbian. Like nobody was interested yeah. in somebody who had like shaved off their eyebrows, had armpit hair and was wearing a biker jacket. Totally. <laughs> exactly. She was, she was a role model at a time that we didn't see very many like explicitly feminist role models. Yeah. Yeah. And I think like, I don't know for you, but for me, the older I get, the more cranky and loud as a feminist I become. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like 110%. (laughs) And so when you like see those stupid jokes and memes about, oh, uh, women nag, I I don't know, like that generic, like jokey stuff, like guy that doesn't listen, woman who's a nag. I'm like, this is bullshit. Why are we painting such a broad brush about dynamics of relationships? Totally. (laughs) So it's um, true. Just to let our listeners know, we and I don't know each other. (laughs) Oh, we don't. We have a mutual friend, I believe. Um, But we just met for the first time when we did a little pre-interview thing a couple days ago. Yeah, um, yeah, a friend of yours had said, well, I posted in a working woman's like networking Facebook thing. And uh, your friend was like, I know the person for gal. Yeah. <laughs> called herself a slut. You're, you're going to love her. She's going to be great. Yeah, exactly. She, <laughs> she came to me and she was like, I have a friend who's looking for people to interview. She wants to, it's like a sex positivity thing. And she wants to talk to people who are like fat or queer, or disabled, and I was like, I'm all three. She's like, and they need to want to talk about sex. I was like, and I'm a giant slut. So, (laughs) perfect. (laughs) And I don't mean that in a derogatory way. Of course you don't. In my tone, like I, I don't know. Everyone has their own relationship to sex, but like mine is super fun. Yeah, clearly. (laughs) (laughs) Um. But uh, you are a monogamist. Not that that's I uncommon. I am indeed. I have attempted a couple of times to be poly because I have fallen for people who were poly. Hmm. And each time I have thought, maybe this time I can do it and not like fuck it all up and be miserable. Um, and the answer is I cannot do it and not fuck it all up and be miserable. I'm not my best self in poly relationships. I end up doing things that are kind of underhanded or a little passive aggressive. I don't like myself when I'm behaving that way. And also it doesn't bring out my best self. Like I'm feeling, I feel like crazy and jealous and like mm-hmm. insecure. And, um, but that actually for me, monogamy brings a real feeling of security in the world, which is like not something I have always felt in my life. But there's something really sort of steadying and stabilizing about like having your person, you know, and being yeah. someone's their person. Um, it, I find that really wonderful. I am. I, I, I don't know if I'm monogamous because I can't multitask. 
or, <laughs> or because I you know myself, I, I, I'm very, I wear my, I can't play poker. You, you're going to see every emotion on this face, but hats off to people who can prioritize having more than one romantic relationship at a time. Absolutely. I mean, I often will say to friends of mine that like, politically, I'm poly, like poly makes the most sense to me intellectually. Right. Like not prior, not, you know, no relationship escalator, like not prioritizing one kind of love over another, mm-hmm. love being inf- infinite. This all like makes sense in my brain, but like does not work when I try to do it. Right. Great on paper. <laughs> yeah. Not, not going to happen in action. <laughs> yes. Um, I, I'm going to disclose something. I was a horny kid. <laughs> Oh my God, same. Yeah. I, I remember once, I think I was like five or six and um, somebody winked at me once. It wasn't sexual. It was not sexual. Okay. Um, it was it was like a, a friend of the family and they, they were like, and it's like that kind of idealized, like blonde hair, blue eyed man, mm-hmm. which is weird because now that's like, I'm not of any interest, but I remember my tummy doing like a little flip-flop and- <laughs> And I, I just feel like people ask really stupid questions like, how did you know? How did you? It's like the same way you knew that you, what you were sexually attracted to. So, totally. So when, when did you, um, do like, did you have like a, a girlfriend at the prom kind of thing? Cause I can totally see you and being like, I'm wearing a suit. Oh yeah, I don't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I totally would have been like, fuck off. Um, mostly not. I kind of, um, went through peers quickly, um, as a teenager, I was usually the only out lesbian that anyone knew. There were a lot of like, I'm bi curious women. That was like a thing in the mid nineties. I remember that Um, very clearly. (laughs) Yeah. And so, um, all of these bi curious women are women who were figuring out if they were bi curious would be like, well, I know one way to find out. Let's go make out with the local lesbian. Um, And I was the local lesbian. So I was pretty jazzed about that actually, but it meant I was kind of a player. Um, (laughs) So so I didn't didn't date anyone very long-term, but I did at one point, I think I must've been a senior in high school and I was dating a woman who was a freshman in college and there was uh, the high school I graduated from had like 28 graduates. And so like, we were not really having a prom, but- um, You're from a very small town. No, um, I went to uh, like Magnet High School. Okay. Okay. So it was more individualized learning. Yeah. Um, And also for kids with some emotional problems. And so- um, so there were also like social workers there. It was, it was actually an amazing school. Um, and I was able to, e- even though I had had kind of a diversion from the school system for a while while I was dealing with mental health stuff, it meant I was able to like get back on track academically, which was wonderful. Um, but no prom, not a lot of fodder for girlfriends. Um, and so I was dating this woman from a queer youth group we were both in. And she was a freshman in college and we went there. They had a gay prom. They had a like New Jersey statewide. I grew up in Jersey statewide, like gay prom. And so Denise, my girlfriend at the time um, for those 10 minutes (laughs) (laughs) and I went to gay prom and I got like all dressed up and, you know, not like fancy prom dress, but like, you know, dressy. I don't know. I felt really like beautiful and special. And so that was really fun. Yeah. I, I, I love that too, because I feel like there was a lot of backlash. Well, certainly in the eighties, nobody was going to be out and go no pro. Oh yeah. Um, but, and then in the nineties, it was like, um, very othered, like, because uh, people were talking about it more, but now, and so when, when people started at different, um, pride centers and youth groups be like you know what everybody deserves a night to dance to shitty music and yep. <laughs> chicken from the buffet 
and wear a super awesome dress or suit yeah. or, you know, assless chaps, whatever. <laughs> yeah, no, totally. I remember that being so much fun. The whole group of us from our queer youth center went, you know, in our various couples. Um, and it was a blast. I love that. <laughs> I got my and period I got on my dress. And then I got the night Pardon? my period on my dress at my prom oh no and of course I wore white <laughs> right obviously uh, yeah no and then we got to spend the night together at her dorm room and that oh. felt so grown up I can only imagine you're like I'm with an older person mm-hmm. <laughs> she was really hot <laughs> that's so awesome and the sparks flew and you probably had a wonderful night I, we, oh, we sure did. I actually was just, I'm in the process of moving and I was going through some old papers and found a love poem she had written me. And I was just like melted all over again. You know, I'm not, we're not actually in touch. I don't remember her last name at this point, but, Mm. um, but it made me want to find her and be like, you're wonderful. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, we were talking about vanilla versus uh, being a little more adventuresome Maybe. in the bedroom. Yeah. And I did do my research because we were talking about pegging. <laughs> and <laughs> I Googled bent over boyfriend. And yes. <laughs> and it was, start, it was a company, very short lived, started by a couple, um, mm-hmm. a butch, non binary uh, person. Sorry, I had a brain fart. <laughs> um, and uh, the other one was just like a very like boob job, lipstick lesbian. <laughs> and yeah. they came together and they made some art. And it was very high selling among straight men. Like they were like, wow. you know what? I think I've had this fetish for a while. I think I really do want to have anal sex, but be yeah. the bottom. Yeah. Totally. You know, I've, I I love pegging. It's really fun. Um, guys, in my experience, lose their fucking minds over it. <laughs> <laughs> like if they're willing to be into it, they're like, oh my God, this is the greatest ever. Um, the, the barrier is often a lot of guys sort of are phobic about it or not willing to try it, not interested. Um, but but it's always so much fun when I find someone who is because it just, it, it flips the power dynamics is one mm-hmm. thing. But like, even though like I'm pretty vanilla, like I do like to play with power and stuff like that. Um, and also like, it's just, I like as somebody again, who came of age as a lesbian, like I have a harness, I have a bag of dicks. Like <laughs> I like being on the giving end of the dick sometimes. And so even though I'm almost exclusively with cis men at this point in my life, it's still nice to be able to like use that skill. (laughs) Yeah. And who knows where things will end up in the, I don't know, six months, a year. Totally. Yeah. Um, And I think that's what's so good about living in today's times. For the most part, depending on where you live, you live in a very queer (laughs) city. Pandemic. (laughs) Yeah, mine and no pandemic. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) But I I feel like gender lines are blurred and who you're attracted to is blurred. And I love it. I feel like it's a little, it's a lot easier for people who are younger to kind of be like, yeah, I know where my place is and it's everywhere. <laughs> like gender yeah. not a thing anymore. Well, we're getting there. <laughs> yeah. Um so were were you surprised by yourself being like, huh, I really think I want a human penis at this point in my life? Yeah. It it really like happened like a light switch flipping for me. Um, I got to like my late 20s. Well, so the background is there was a period in my late teens when I was actually like drinking a lot. Mm. Um, And I kept getting drunk and sleeping with men. Mm. Um, 
but I was like sober I was a lesbian and I was just like file that away for nothing you know like la 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 it doesn't mean anything um and I I don't think it would have occurred to me that it meant anything except that sort of later that came to a head as one could say (laughs) (laughs) sorry bad joke no 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 Uh, I appreciate any sexual puns believe me (laughs) excellent excellent um and so, so yeah, it was, I was like 27, 28. And I just like started, like cis men started creeping into my fantasies more and was more interesting when I would watch porn. And, um, and I really, it really feels like I kind of woke up one day and was like, I think I want dick. And I'm a person who's always loved casual sex, you know, um, that's part of calling myself a slut, but you know, <laughs> I'm, I'm extremely monogamous in relationships. I've, I've legitimately never cheated on someone, but, um, but outside of relationships, I like to have a lot of sex yeah. often with a lot of strangers. Um, and so, so I kind of went out there and was like, let's see what this is like. And I totally, went nuts over it. Like I was like, yes, this is, this is where my desire is now. And I, I'm really glad that I was able to follow that path that was ahead of me, even though it meant sort of challenging a sexual identity that I had, you know, uh, I'm really glad that I could follow my heart maybe in that way. Um, I, you know, at the time I chalked it up to like, maybe my ovaries were just like, get me some sperm (laughs) 30 and maybe that was a part of it. You know, um, I do not plan to have kids, but, um, and then, so I was only with cis men for a few years and then mostly, mostly sort of casually, um, one relationship. And then, I met my ex-husband on OkCupid, who is a trans man. Um, And I was sort of like, oh, like, how do I feel about this? Like, this is not a a direction I thought I would go in, but, Mm -hmm. you know, I was very attracted to him. He was smart and cute and funny and all that jazz. And so um, so it, it actually felt great. And I'll tell you, a funny story when I told my mom about him, he's a pretty observant Jew and I'm Jewish, um, but not very observant um, and not from an observant family at all. And so um, when we started talking, I was like, oh God, like, how do I feel about that? How do I feel about the trans stuff? And I was telling my mom about him. I met this guy, you know, yada, yada. And she said, the trans thing is fine. I mean, that just makes sense for you. But oh my God, he's so Jewish. (laughs) From my Jewish mother, you know. Um, My family is the opposite of all other families. I I love it. It's like, I I totally expected you to, to, you know, find love with trans. Right? I was like, how did I not know that then? (laughs) I gotta say though, I grew up, very Catholic, 13 years Catholic school. And wow. when I went, I went to a public high school and I remember having the hots for one of the Jewish guys. Like, I don't know, it was like the Star of David was like beacon. And I was like, I mean, grow up with a lot of Jewish people being, you yeah. know, when I go to church. So it was, <laughs> it was like, yeah, it's hard to find Jews at church. Hmm? It's hard to find Jews at church. Yeah. Unless you're talking about <laughs> Old Testament stuff. <laughs> um, I am of a bigger size myself. Um, yes. I am in recovery from an eating disorder. And this is the way my body is. And I'm okay with it. And you. I'm glad you to hear that you're in a good place with recovery. Yeah. It, it, it was a long struggle. Uh, and uh, probably not until yeah. I hit my forties. I was like, I, I need to reprogram. And, um, yeah. And you were very vocal about, Hey, I'm a, I'm a bigger gal myself. <laughs> oh yes. Fat lady uh, here. <laughs> I am curious though. 
Yeah. Just because like, this is my watchdog lesbian, like voice going off in my head when I meet someone who's like very active in the plus size community and being like, yeah, I get laid a lot. And then you don't, (laughs) (laughs) which I love you. You don't find a lot of fetish fat. You do. Okay, I was just I have, about yeah, that I can usually, I will usually chat with someone long enough, like I meet people online, mm-hmm. and I'll usually exchange enough messages to like, be able to feel that out mm-hmm. a little bit, um, but I've definitely, I can remember in particular, like one guy, I, I was having phone sex with this guy, this is like sort of, video chats weren't really a regular thing, um, and we were like, you know, getting close to the end. It had been fun. It had been fun. I could tell he was getting closer. And all of a sudden he was like, oink like a pig. And I was just like, oh, boner killer. Like, fuck this guy. But he was just like, I want to find him and punch him in the face for you. I know. But, but like, he was just in the, in the heat of the moment. And so it occurred to me, like, that was something up until that moment, he was just secretly thinking. And so I do sometimes get insecure about like, what, how are they relating to my fatness? Like, mm-hmm. I think I'm fucking hot. You and, are like, gorgeous. You are day. smoking. Thank you, my dear. <laughs> um, and like, really good in bed. Like, I'm going to just say that. I've had a lot of sex. I know what I like. I know generally what other people like, you know. Um, you got to get feedback, obviously. <laughs> right, exactly. Um but, but that isn't, that doesn't dictate how someone else is going to see me necessarily. And I recognize that. So, you know, I, in fact, with my current boyfriend, I've been with someone for four months now. Um, he is also a big guy. And um, I know that he struggles with his body image stuff mm. a lot and sort of is kind of down on being a fat person. Um, and I was worried before he saw me naked for the first time that like, maybe if he hates being fat, he will hate me being fat also, um, which did not turn out to be the case, (laughs) thankfully, but you know, it was that recognizing that, you know, it's, it's so much about their relationship to it. Yeah. I, from my own personal experience, I remember missing out on a lot. Like in college, I couldn't give it away, (laughs) (laughs) but I I feel like cisgendered women, I I can only speak to that group, but I feel like there is a lot of of societal stuff coming in and saying, you have cellulite, your boobs sag a little bit, um, your thighs jiggle. You don't have yeah. a eye gap. And I think that kind of hindered a lot of me being able to kind of let go. Um, but yeah, I, I, I really, <laughs> I, I've been with the same person for a while now. And uh, I've, uh, I've uh, married a cisgendered man. Please don't hold that against mm-hmm. me. <laughs> I'll call him. I love you anyway. You know what? It's weird too, because when I say husband, I'm kind of like, oh, that sounds icky. So I call him a husband. Yeah. Nice, <laughs> but, but yeah, I feel like I kind of missed out a little bit because I was so concerned about, yeah, I got stretch marks on my boobs and yeah, people don't care at the end of the day, if they're into you, they don't give a shit if you have totally. <laughs> and also like my experience shows that like, if you're actually gonna fuck them, they're happy. (laughs) Guys from the internet. I mean, back in the day, it was Craigslist. More recently- That's how I met the husbands. Yeah, totally. And like, you know, my ad on Craigslist back in the day, like I was much more interested only in certain activities, but it was like, no blowjobs, no anal, like, no pain, no choking, no this. I'm fat. I have armpit hair. Like these are all truths, but I'm a real person, not a bot. And I will fuck you. And I got like hundreds of responses. That's so awesome. 
I know. I, I just it. put it out there. I was like, this is what's up. But like, I'll fuck you. I feel like we need more people like you, Jessica, in the world <laughs> shouting from the rooftops that sex is natural. And I don't know. It's fun. Just, it's fun. It's such a tension reliever, too. Oh my God. I know. I mean, those endorphins release in your brain, and you're just like, I'm happy. I could eat a sandwich or take a nap or <laughs> take a nap. Thumbs up. <laughs> Post sex nap. <laughs> Um, I had a question and I went right out of my, oh, I know. Um, when you are with a partner that identifies as female, do you feel like there are body insecurities when they're about to get naked? And, um, yes, I think that fat women I've been with, um, I think automatically feel more at ease with me. As a fat woman, like to get naked in front of each other and open our legs and, you know, be intimate. Yeah. Um, so that's really nice. And it feels, there's something that feels very comfortable about rolling around naked as fat women and getting sweaty. And, you know, like there, there are just things that are different about our bodies. And like, one of them is we can tend to get sweatier. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm perimenopausal, uh, so I'm just a sweat factory. Oh, I can only <laughs> imagine. Yeah, you've got a few years on me, so I don't know <laughs> yet. But, um, yeah, but I also, one thing that's interesting for me um, in sleeping with women versus men, cis women versus cis men, um, or probably also trans men, actually. Um, I have not been with trans women so far, but um, is the way consent plays out. Mm. Um, I always found it difficult. I have a strong personality and I'm also very, very sexual. And so I- and You probably have, already have, you know what you want. And that's right. a good thing. It is a good thing. But at times where I was like less- in, in the right mind space, I could be a little bit of a steamroller, like not, not like crossing boundaries, but sort of like forging ahead in the absence of a no sort of thing, which right. I'm much more cautious about today. But anyway, I was so worried about that and doing something that would turn out to not have been consensual with women that it would kind of freeze me in place. And I would do the like, are you gonna kiss me? Am I gonna kiss you? Are any of us gonna kiss? Is this even a date? Are we hanging out as friends? Do you have a boyfriend? Like, you yeah. know, this whole kind of panic thing that like froze me. Whereas when I started sleeping with cis men, one of the things I found really relaxing about it is it's pretty pre-scripted, mm -hmm. you know? Like if, if a kiss is gonna happen, he's going to kiss me. Right. And like, I just need to like turn my face up and look like you could kiss me now. But if the kiss is going to happen, he will do it or he will not do it. Right. I do not have to worry about his consent. Like, because he will be the one taking the initiative. And as somebody who has worried a lot about respecting people's boundaries and consent and stuff like that, um, that's been kind of refreshing in sleeping with cis men. I, I mean, I joke that like my kink is heteronormativity because there's this part of me that's like, you're a man and I'm a woman and we're kissing. Like, <laughs> but then later on, you're gonna get your strap on out. <laughs> well, ideally. <laughs> so it's a little playful, you know, gender and power and all of that stuff like is playful. I definitely I think oral sex for sure. Oh, yes. Well, well, like suddenly it's like, I have complete dominance over you at this entire moment. Yes. <laughs> it's a good moment. It is. <laughs> I had a, I had a friend who is larger and he got really upset one night when someone had said to him, Oh, you're, you're a big guy with a beard. You must be a bear. And he was kind of like, <laughs> and he was kind of like you know I'm more than my body like I don't really oh. yeah I, I, I it's so weird not weird but it, 
in some ways in, in the uh, LGBTQ community, it's like a label, label, label. And I would, yeah. and my friend was totally like, I don't have a label. I, I, I'm gay. Sure. I'm part of the queer scene, but I don't, I don't feel like I have to be like, Oh, I'm a bear or right. only with tiny little white guys or, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think that's more in the um, gay male community totally. than lesbians. I would, I would say. Yeah, I, I've known. But I think on on the like sort of AFAB queer person assigned female at birth queer okay. person sort of range. There's more gender play than anything else than any of the other labels. There's a lot of like. Um, I'm experiencing in, in my communities and in the edges of my communities um, who are largely um, people assigned female at birth, um, that there's a lot more sort of ranging, playing with gender, like somebody will mm -hmm. go by they, them for a little while, go back to she, go to he for a little while for like pronouns. Um, and, and that's really neat. You know, I'm glad people get to I'm seeing people like try things on in a way that like, I feel like was less possible before these times. Absolutely. That's why um, last year it was the 50th anniversary of the first pride parade. And of course there was no celebrations. And, um, but I, I feel like when we go to the parade and um, I get to go through my job um, in nice. Albany. Yeah. Yeah. Um, where I've worked my ass off to, <laughs> to really have the recognition, like we are a safe place for the queer community. Um, yeah. And we're accepting of everybody. Uh, but I love seeing the, when I went in 2019, it was like, there was a lot of queer ladies and all shapes, all sizes, just wearing like this, like everything was out and it was like not even like sexy yeah. underwear it was like a beige grandma bra and I, it was just amazing because everyone was like yeah let's celebrate the female form that's awesome it is it's so great and and obviously trans women included and i was just oh feeling, yeah um, I, I, think. I actually just totally assumed that which like maybe i shouldn't have but i was like she's talking about this positively obviously trans women were included obviously I just, I always feel like there's no, there's no ill will when people come together at Pride. And yeah, I just kind of wish it would kind of extend through the whole year, but. <laughs> that would be nice. <laughs> I guess I'm an optimist. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, Do you know if Albany's going to have Pride this year? Uh, no, there's not going to be okay. a parade, but uh, the inner own voices on their street. They are planning uh, their Black and Latino Say It Loud Pride. Um, some nice. of digital. And okay. yeah. Yeah, which is great because it's a marginalized community within a marginalized community. And I always feel like, excuse me, I, <laughs> if IPS, I'm a little burpy. Aw. <laughs> 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 but, but yeah, I always feel like, um, people in the, uh, that are uh, people of color in the LGBTQ community that, yeah. that they're have more issues with social, uh, more social problems. I, I'm bad. <laughs> <laughs> Intersectionality plays a part in that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the thing I did want to discuss because you are so open and and, it, and just lovely. You have such a good energy. <laughs> um, Thank you. Um, you live with um, a mental health chronic condition. Yes, I, won't, I do. I won't say illness because you're thriving. Yeah, you're people are kind thriving. of moving away from illness, but, yeah. you know, I usually, what do I usually say? Probably mental health issues. Mental health, I say that too. What I would use the most. Yeah. Has that sort of hindered or navigated you in a different direction being in the queer community? No, I actually don't think it's had much of an effect on my sex life. Um, it has had an effect on romantic 
relationships, but those are, that's kind of more of an in-depth emotional thing. Um, but one thing I found, so I'm in therapy, that's one of the many ways I deal with the mental health shit that I've got going on. Um, and there have been numerous times when I've been in a period of having a lot of casual sex, particularly with like strangers off the internet. And I have some ways that I like <clears throat> filter douchebags out, mm -hmm. you know, that are like questions that are not direct questions, but- um, So you can figure out who's gonna, this person is potentially a psycho. I'm not gonna hook up with them. Right, or potentially not gonna respect consent. In fact, what I do, mm. one of the things I do is I set down a boundary that doesn't make sense to someone, but is a boundary I have for me. And then I see how they deal with that when I've said no to something that they don't understand. Like some guys are just like, all right, you said no, let's move on. Right. And some guys are like, can I ask why? And they get like one more chance to not be shitty um, before they get kicked off. Right. Um, because you can ask why and I'll explain it and then you respect it. Um, but a, a large number of guys start to push on it just for me, just this once. Come on, come on. Why not? Why not? Why not? Come on, come on. Awful just this behavior. Once. And I'm just like, if you're not going to respect the fact that I don't feel like sending you a picture of my pussy, like, no, I'm not going to fuck you. Like, you are unsafe. Yeah. Um, so anyway, I have th like things like that that I like make guys jump through to sort of assess for safety at least. But anyway, my therapist, multiple therapists I've had, thankfully not my current one, have only viewed my enjoyment of casual sex through the lens of re-traumatization. That like, this is like a bad thing I am doing to like play out old hard stuff and not just like, it's fucking cause I like to fuck. That infuriates me. Yeah, that's, that's actually been a pretty significant problem. Thank God, not with my current one. But, um, but where they're like, you know, let's talk about how this interacts with your trauma. And I'm I was like, horny and I wanted to have sex. Like, it's not complicated. Right? <laughs> right? And then I did. And it was great. The end. <laughs> that's the whole story. There is not more to it. Oh. I, so that's the way mental health stuff has interacted. You know, it becomes... Yeah worked in the mental health system also and it, mm. it anything you do that is out of the norm the like social norm is pathologized as like a yeah. symptom of your diagnosis you know yeah so thumbs down on that I, I will sing it from the rooftops the my thing is that we don't talk enough about pleasure when we're interacting with medical or mental health providers Yes. They're always about the, not scare tactics per se, but just like, oh, do you know that if you uh, don't use a dental dam or a condom, you'll end up with gonorrhea in your throat? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes, I do. Or, or from a therapist's point of view, it's like, oh, well, you're not, you, you're hooking up with strangers. Don't you feel like that that's, um, I don't know if it's like a, I don't know. It is. Aren't you re-traumatizing yourself by having sex with right. random strangers? <laughs> right. And it's just like, so about what that person's morality and like morals around sex are. And I'm like, yeah, you're supposed to meet me where I'm at. Like, this is where my, my morals around sex are like, I would say safe, sane and consensual, but I'm not really all that sane, but, <laughs> but like everyone on board, everyone having fun, like, yeah, you know, as long as you're not harming it. anybody. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't know why medical and mental health people are just like, I'm going to change the way that you interact with somebody. Like, yeah. Now I got that part figured out. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, this is the one part of my life I've got my shit together. <laughs> this is something I know I'm good at. <laughs> so because you've been with different people and different, they like different mm -hmm. things. Um, I was just, 
we were had our pre-interview chat about sex toys and <laughs> if you could tell your fleshlight story for me that would be so much joy <laughs> Wait, do I have a whole flashlight story or well, just about how- <laughs> oh, okay. No, but just it was- about how I like grope them and yeah. <laughs> so whenever I go to a sex toy store, which is a lot, I love sex toy stores, um, and they have like a flashlight or something like that, I totally finger them like every time. <laughs> I'm like fascinated by them. Um, mostly I'm obsessed with like, how do you clean that? Or does it just build up and get disgusting in there? Like I, I like lay awake at night, like worrying about like dirty flashlights. But that's <laughs> that's a whole separate issue. But like I just find them so interesting. Like yeah, they kind of feel like pussy walls, but like not in not slippery at all. So like I I was saying to Sue before that like. If they were like lubed up, they would feel more like pussy. And maybe, maybe that's what people do who use a flashlight. I don't know. But um, but it's like squishy in the same way, in a in a very tactile <laughs> way. <laughs> you know what though? The flashlight is a testament to we men finding what they find pleasurable. Um, just because I feel like cisgendered women we got it down about sex toys like oh yeah yeah we know our shit we yeah we cornered the market on that and i i think men's kind of exploration into solo play is always like they start questioning like oh am i am i am i gay am i straight is it weird that i like this um (laughs) i will say our sex shops in where i live in the capital district yeah that's so good Oh, there's a great one in Northampton, Massachusetts. It's called Oh My. Um, it's, a, it's a great shop. My other favorite sex shop that I've been to is in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Um, oh. It's called Self Serve. Oh, um, I love that. Isn't that the most amazing name? Yes. And um, at one point, this is one of my favorite things about them. At one point, they got a billboard off the highway. Um, and my friend that runs the place was like, what are we going to, like, I wanted a billboard, but like, oh my God, what am I going to say on a billboard? And all the billboards said, it had a picture of two fingers and it said, love yourself more. Self-serve. Isn't that amazing? And you know, the owner, that's even cooler. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. uh, (laughs) We're still very like um weird guy with a hat on and the sunglasses and mm. you know the gross like 19 and i shouldn't say it's gross but they they're like the back area that doesn't get cleaned yeah no because, like some sex shops can be real sketchy yeah yeah i feel like that definitely needs to hit the mainstream more yeah we all have sex <laughs> yeah yeah and you know i do I do really try to support like feminist women owned um, sex shops. And the one in Northampton, one thing I really love about it is it is owned by a Mount Holyoke graduate who's probably about my age by now, give or take five years, um, and her mother. (gasps) She and her mother co-own the shop. Awesome. I know, I love that so much. Did they have the the giant butt plug and the giant dildo? <laughs> or they don't have the giant God. ones. They just have like regular ones. I mean, I mean, some of those butt plugs look a little giant for my days. But <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I I know people who would like the size of them. <laughs> I, and, and, <laughs> and and then yeah, that's preference and the, and only through masturbation would you figure out what you how you like to be touched where you like to be touched mm-hmm. I mean every body is different and so you should get to know yourself yeah and we shouldn't demonize children I mean and I say children you know I mean somebody who's young people yes yeah. 
Yes, obviously pubescent, not. Yeah. If your three-year-old is asking for butt plugs, that, that's an issue. <laughs> that's a problem, yeah. <laughs> I don't have children myself. We have a cat. And if the cat started asking about butt plugs, then I would be in that a- That would be mystifying. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me. But- for our, our pre-interview conversation yeah. talking about the fists that they sell oh those yes. don't feel like hands they they don't there's it's just giant silicone hard rubber fist mm-hmm. yeah but, but somebody must be buying them pardon somebody must be buying them right maybe for butts which are like differently sensitive back there I mean, I know people do anal fisting. I am not those people. You never bought a fist? <laughs> no, no. I've also not been the receiver of a fist in my anal cafe. Ah, <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> Either human or not. But, right. um, but I do enjoy fisting um, in, I never know what word to use in, in a conversation like this. Vagina, pussy, like what? You, anyway, you know, whatever like you feel this. comfortable with. You can say pussy. It's yeah. fine. I, that's Thank not you. my personal taste, but. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Um, <laughs> it just always like feels awkward. So, I don't know. Um, so, yeah, I haven't had much of a chance to play with pretend fists in person. But like now I'm going to keep an eye out for them now that we've had this conversation. <laughs> Yeah, I uh, clean. I'm going to preface this. Somebody jokingly slapped me in the face once. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, it, it was not used just so everyone yeah, knows. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and that's another good reminder too, educationally speaking, make sure you clean your toys after you play with them. Yes, always, always. Uh, I, I was telling you during our pre-interview thing, um, that I've been living in a house full of queers for a while now. I'm actually in the process of moving into my own place. Yay. But um, there was a period of time when there were certain people in the house who were as into sex toys as I am, where I, I just like, you know, message, group text everyone and be like, hey, I'm doing a dick wash, who wants in? And we do, <laughs> everyone would like bring all their dildos and we do a run of the dishwasher, top rack only, of just dildos to like sterilize everything. I'd be like, thanks, nice to see your dicks. I, so I've never owned a dishwasher. Oh. Um, I didn't realize you could put toys in a dishwasher. The, the hot water doesn't warp them or anything? Nope, silicone can totally be dishwashed. Um, don't put in soap. Okay. Like, just do the hot water, you know, because I feel like those kind of soap, dishwasher soap chemicals are not good for the badge. No, but, definitely um, not. Yeah. But, um, yeah, you can just throw them in a dishwasher. I have learned something new. <laughs> Top rack only, bottom rack could melt them. Oh, okay. Yeah. And if there's a hole in the bottom of it, I'm assuming you could just, like. Oh, you sure could. <laughs> Unless they're too tall. (laughs) (laughs) Way too hard. You know, you need dicks of different sizes. Again, you never know what you're going to like until you test drive a few, right? Right. Or what she's going to like or he. So that, that, see, my mind automatically go toy equals solo play, but then, duh, obviously you, <laughs> lots of people use toys with their partner. I don't know. I didn't think of that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's totally true. I have sometimes like when a person has been like a perfect match for a toy I have, like, and I fucked them a bunch then I'll like retire that toy. Like, I'll be like, you were that toy's perfect match. That toy is now being laid to rest. <laughs> like, wow. 
Um, you but, have such a respect for the people that you fuck. <laughs> I love that so I much. I do. You do. I do, honestly. Like, you know, they're they're important. And if they're good at it, or rather, like, if we're a good match, like, let's have that go on a long time. Oh, I love that so much. Has, <laughs> has there ever been, like, someone that you connected with on all levels? But then in the bedroom, no chemistry. I'm just curious. Yeah. I, I, well, you know what? I'm not even going to say curious. I'm, I'm goddamn nosy. <laughs> no, yeah, no. Bring it on. I, I have not had that experience. Possibly. Oh, good. Mostly because I tend to fuck people right away. Like, I'm like a fuck on the first, maybe second date kind of person in general. Because I, it's such an important part of getting along yeah, and like energy with somebody for me that like, I want to know up front, like how is our sex? Um, so usually it doesn't start building until that point for me, but the relationship I'm in now started at the end of December, um, which as you may remember, has been in a pandemic this whole time. Mm-hmm. And so it's only actually in the last maybe month or two that we've started seeing each other in person, masked and socially distant. And then really only in the last week or so that we've started smooching. So so it's been a very different progression for me. Um, But I'm finding it's like deepening my feelings even, you know, sort of being in this direction. Like it's, there are things that have been really nice about it that I don't let percolate long enough otherwise you just live in your best life I really fucking am you really are (laughs) I'm doing my best and and that's all you can do it's true Uh, but you know what I you're I see someone who's just like so centered and so open and I really do. Like, I don't know. You just have so much good stuff just emanating off of you. Thank You're you such so a pleasure, much. Jessica. You really are. Oh my God. Same. This has been like so much fun talking with you. And and now I feel like we're going to be friends. <laughs> oh yeah. This is a thing. Absolutely. <laughs> um. So we have come to the end. It's been an hour. Uh-huh. I know if this went by so fast. So fast. It did. And I feel like we only got to the tip of the iceberg, but all good things come to an end, they say. Um, If if you would like feedback makes this show better, it's just like sex. (laughs) Yes. Please email me at birdsandbeastpod at gmail.com. You can follow me on Instagram at birdsandbeastpod and like, subscribe, rate, review. Um, and if you want to email me, you'd like to be on the show. You'd like to tell your story. You have, you're outside of the, what society considers normal. <laughs> yeah. I hate that term. <laughs> um, please feel free to, uh, shoot me an email. Thank you, Jessica Bloom. You, thank you so much for having me. You have added so much depth and flavor to this conversation. And it, it was a true delight. Thank you. This has been really fun. I'm glad. I'm glad you enjoyed this. <laughs> All right. Thanks, everybody. Oh, also, too. I always I forgot this at the last time. Uh, I am available for sexual health education. If you can hire me to do that again, birdsandbeastpod at gmail.com. Thank you. Have a great night, Yay. everybody. Bye. Bye.